Good morning, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good morning, Julie. And we're back. I was sitting here trying to think of a song that has that word or that phrase, we're back. Back again. Guess who's back? Oh, that's it. Um, Eminem. Shady action. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I was thinking more like this will date me more of my uh, people my age. Ace Freely from Kiss saying back in the New York groove. (laughs) Ooh, my dad would appreciate that. Okay. Shout out to Kevin there. Yeah. But we're back. A quick two week break. Man, a lot has happened in our lives just in two weeks, hasn't it, Deb? <laughs> yes. Um, I remember seeing something during Lent that said, you know, a lot could happen mm. in just 24 hours. Isn't that- <laughs> and a lot could happen in two weeks. <laughs> a lot has happened. Good and not bad, but... Not bad, but not so great. So tell me about the past two weeks for you, Julie. They've been pretty good. Catch us up. I got to go to D.C. with... Uh, my, two of my coworkers, one of them my boss, she trusted me to say a few words at a presentation in, in D.C. And let me just stop you right there. When Julie says her boss trusted her to say a few words, <laughs> yeah, Julie killed it at her speech. Well, I, I didn't. It was a team effort. It really was. It was me, my coworker, Tammy. Shout out to Tammy. She was, uh, it was her presentation and that she submitted the proposals. She's done so much of the legwork, Devin. I did a little bit of the design work for it. But long story short, we got great feedback and it was just good. It was good. I I told you I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed like public speaking. And it was just great. You're so good at oh, it. Thanks. Thanks. But it really was a team effort. We had a great time. And yeah, it was, I think it was very successful. And it's nice to be, you know, entrusted with those duties. Um, I don't take it lightly. So it was great. Um, yeah. And not much else going on, just enjoying mowing the lawn, which I know has been a, a thorn in your side. But you know what? It's so nice to look outside right now and see the green everywhere. I just, I love mm. it. I love it. We talked a couple weeks ago about how God is in the business of making all things new. And yeah. everything looks new and fresh and beautiful. And I'm just, I don't say it lightly. I'm just so excited. But what about you, Devin? Two weeks. I know you had Army. Yep. Yeah, had army two weekends ago. That went well. Um, no, no then, tornado watches during army this time, right? <laughs> yeah, thankfully yeah. we were tornado free there. Yep. Um, and this past week actually was just kind of a whirlwind, if you will. On my days are all mixed up now, but on Thursday morning, Katie woke me up with um, some pain in her side, and we ended up going to the ER. And she ended up having her appendix removed due to appendicitis. It just came out of nowhere, right? Out of nowhere. So we're happy to report she is, you know, healthy and resting and she is good to go appendix free. Yes, we love you, Katie. Quick and speedy recovery. And it's amazing what they can do medically now. Like they literally pulled her appendix out of her belly button. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. I know. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Um, So, yeah. Yep. It was a a crazy past two weeks, but, you know, happy to report, you know, there was healing. God's hands were, you know, in the the surgery room with her and her doctors and just really thankful. Well, we definitely don't take that lightly at all, Devin. So I'm so glad that Katie is on the mend and 
on the men quicker than probably yes. most people because she's superwoman and she is the hardest part honestly i mean she's been in some pain but beyond that is just trying to get the girl to sit still for 48 hours <laughs> so that's been a win we've had some she's probably been one hard conversations katie you're not allowed yeah. to bench press the refrigerator or do anything yeah, exactly. like that she's she's amazing and so glad you're there to take care of her and yeah, quick, yes, quick too. on the mend for Katie. It's awesome. You know, Devin, with spring the way that it is, I yesterday was Earth Day. Yes, it was. Happy Earth Day. It was beautiful here in Southern Ohio. I think it was over your way too. And it was just nice to be out in like God's creation. I know it sounds corny, but I love going somewhere where there's like a babbling brook where, there, you know, where you can hear the birds and everything. And I can't help but always think of Psalm 23 when I'm out in nature. You know, and how many of you are familiar with Psalm 23, where uh, David, the amazing uh, Hebrew king, uh, wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, and you see the, the beautiful imagery where it says he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And I love it. He says there, you know, you restore my soul. I think that's the idea of nature. It's supposed to be healing in that way. But you know, Devin, he does a lot of pivoting in that in that psalm because he talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death, and we've talked about that here on, on our podcast. But in speaking of Psalm 23, he throws a line in there that I think is really weird. What's that? Well, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I don't know about you. No, you do. You do I, know about I me. <laughs> I, you know how I feel about this. I, I know. It's like... You know, I, I would want to tell David, this psalm is going really well, and I'm enjoying nature, but now you're inviting the people that I can't stand to come to the table and dine with me, like... Into my peaceful, <laughs> restorative place. How dare you? It's like, you want to invite my enemies into this thing that you're doing in my life, God? Like, this seems like a terrible idea. It sure does. You just said, you know me, Julie, and I do. And you know me too, Devin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Panera at Eastgate is going to hold a special place for us. For sure. Yeah, um, because it's where great conversation has happened around a very small table. And I love that. Like, I love getting together with friends around the table. I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Heather. She's one of Jody's besties. And she really came alongside and helped me uh, with some stuff this past week. Uh, but man, we love Jody and I love to sit around the table with Heather and her mom, Rhonda, right? Like good things happen around the table. And like when I was growing up, I loved sitting around the table with my grandmother who would have a cigarette hanging halfway out of her mouth as we <laughs> played cards and drank coffee. Like that was, those were good times. And sitting with my friend Jen, you know, with her at a table across from me and we would just be, again, drinking coffee and, and talking about life. I mean, good things happen at a table. And I remember a couple years ago, I was at a local restaurant here. And Jody and I were sitting there, and um, I wouldn't say I have any mortal enemies, but this is a person I really, really, really dis <laughs> dislike, mm -hmm. who has the ability, has in the past, to, like, steal my joy. And so this person, this person comes in to the restaurant to the point where in the past I would have gotten up and left. Like, can't stand to be in the same room. Yeah. And yeah. the crazy thing was like Devin, we were sitting there and I, she was like the, the woman was coming from behind me and I saw Jody's eyes get really huge. Big. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, what, what do you see? And she's like, she's, she's here. The mortal enemy is here. 
and say less. Yeah, yeah. And Jody goes, "Do you want to leave?" And I said, "No. Mm. You know what? I'm tired of being afraid. Mm. I'm tired of her like dictating what your actions." Absolutely. And so, coming back to this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, I that's not the table I want to come to. That's not a table I want to sit at. And I know we're kind of, I I hope I'm not speaking in circles, by the way, but can I explain what, what David maybe meant by that? Please do. And maybe what it would mean for everyone. I mean, I want you guys to understand something. I mean, imagine that, that God has invited you to a huge banquet and Devin, what do you say at the beginning and at the end of all of our podcasts? No reservation needed yeah, come, to this table. That's right. Come to the table. So imagine you're like, imagine you that people will take your advice, Devin. They show up for the, they show up at the table. And God has said, I want you all to come. I'm preparing a huge banquet. Actually, it's interesting, Devin, when we look in the New Testament, Jesus spent a lot of time partying with people around a table. Like he went to dinner a lot. Yeah. Jesus was a foodie. He was a foodie. He was a drink. He was a drinky. He was yeah. like he. En- I think he enjoyed a good bottle of wine. I think he was a he was a dancy, mm-hmm. a dancer. Like he enjoyed yeah, getting together it. and socializing with people. I think that's how he knew he broke down barriers. By the way, so imagine like you've sat down at this amazing feast that Jesus has prepared for you, and you've got the napkin tucked into your shirt. You've got a fork in one hand and a knife in another, and you know that a beautiful New York stripper ribeye is coming your way. Let's- Go. right and he he like you're, you're sitting there and you're ready to eat and then all of a sudden you look around and you notice that all the people that you can't stand are like just watching you mm. and I would be like God I'm a child of yours if you could just wipe out these enemies then we can have the feast <laughs> Yeah, let me eat my steak in peace. That's right. Got to cut into this strip, right? And I'm gonna. I, I can't gnaw in front of enemies. There's no gnawing. Then we can celebrate. Then we can party. But that's not what the scripture says. Yeah, it says the opposite. That he prepares the table in the presence of your enemies. And so, in Psalm twenty-three five, I want I want to describe what this is referring to. And we talked about it, Devin. Do you remember when we talked about this a couple weeks ago? How they would have their banquets. Yeah, they would have banquets outside. Yeah. So everybody could see who who was at the party. And then not only that, they would, you know, they would invite the poor, but not to invite the poor. Right. They would kind of do it in a bad way. In a condescending way to elevate those around them to show importance, to kind of bring up the status of those people when they're sitting next to poor. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a lot of times people would use the table in the wrong way. Right. And in in a bit of irony, David is saying, "Uh, God, I want you to use the table in this bad way too. So here's what I mean by that. So like what you just said, back in the day, people would have their feasts outside. I don't know about you, Devin. I haven't really set up a table out in my front lawn lately. No, the last time I did that was uh, COVID 2020. We had... (laughs) That's you know, a pizza party with my Aunt Mary and Uncle Bill in the driveway. <laughs> Outside, that's right. Yeah, we don't do that very often, but apparently, you know, in, in David's time and in Jesus's time, it, it was kind of the thing to do. So that, again, imagine the king 
has invited you to come to this feast and the idea is that you have the feast outside and so the people standing on the outside would be like ooh look Devin is sitting at the table Devin has the king's favor because Devin is sitting at that table oh look mm-hmm. Julie was invited or or oh look there's Jordy Jordy is at the table hey Jordy shout out to Jordy right and all these and people are on the outside looking in saying oh my goodness look Jordy and Devin and Julie all these people have the favor of the king. Yeah. So with that in mind, David says, God has prepared him a banquet in the presence of his enemies, whoever those enemies may be. And they have to stand off and watch as he enjoys the favor mm. of the Lord, and they can't do anything about it. Mm. So to break that down a little bit, you're basically saying Jesus is inviting David to this table Yeah. when all of his enemies surrounding the table are thinking, why the heck is David here? Yeah. He doesn't belong here. Yeah. But this was Jesus' way of saying, no, David's favorite. Yeah. David has like, I love him. He's broken, but he's still mine. Yeah. You know, and, and all those outside voices, all those voices, like you said on the, you know, that are, that are watching are saying you don't deserve to be at the table. They're not worthy. Not worth. No, no. And I was thinking about that, Devin. I, I know this might be, I'm going to say this sarcastically. This might be uh, surprising to you, but not everyone is a fan of Julie Evans. <laughs> and I get it. <laughs> well, give me their names. Well, no, I, I mean, let's be realistic. Not everyone, you know, we live in a world where not everyone necessarily cares for everyone. But as far as having mortal enemies, I... You know, I don't lie awake at night worried that my enemies are are out to get me. As far as people enemies, I guess. But I do right. lie awake for other reasons. And they're enemies of the soul. And I don't mean to super spiritualize that. But I do have enemies who are just as real, who try to control me and rob me of joy. And, and Jesus invites me and he invites you and he invites our listeners to the table all the time. And Jesus is saying, I'm preparing this feast because you have my favor. I love you. I want you to come to the table. Despite all of those enemies. Yeah, despite the people who say, oh, Devin, guess what? Uh, you're gay. You're not invited to the table. Right? Yep. And Jesus is saying, invite them to come and watch while I sit you at my table. Oh, man, I just got chills thinking about that. Shoo! Right, the people who are saying you don't deserve to be there. I'm praying for you, Devin. <laughs> I'm praying for a change in your life, Devin. <laughs> Jesus Dang, is I'm like, eat that steak right yeah. in front of them. That's right. That's the idea. That's the idea. And so, it's like you're sitting at the table and you take your, you know, your glass of wine and you just kind of do one of those Leonardo DiCaprio's from the uh, what's it called? Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah. And I you think kind of like do that. Yeah, like the cheers and oh, the wink. Yeah. Like, see where I'm sitting? You told me I don't belong at this table. Exactly. And look at this. Jesus has invited me to this table. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, too, Devin, think about this. If Jesus is saying, come to the table, then Satan will do everything to tell you you don't belong at that table. Come on. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about those enemies that we have in our lives that try to tell us we don't belong at that table. The enemies that would be standing on the periphery, if you will, saying, why are you there? Mm. You don't deserve that feast. Mm -hmm. You don't have God's favor. So I don't know about you, but for me, 
I think my number one of my number one enemies is is fear. Fear fear tries to rob me from enjoying the favor of God. You know, fear tries to rob me of being reminded that uh, God loves me, and 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 it's exhausting. And I I don't know, Devin. I think so much of my life has been dictated by fear. Yeah, I think a lot of us feel the same way. Are you ever afraid of anything? Because to me, you seem pretty fearless. Yes, I am. I I think my biggest fear is not being able to provide for my family, mm. which kind of ties into um, the whole financial thing. I mean, everybody mm. on this podcast knows that I struggle with that. Mm. Um, just because that's such an innate thing in me is to want to, you know, be successful and be able to you know, support my family and live the life that we want to live. Right. Right. Um, so with that being said, I mean, even just this past week, um, with Katie's, you know, um, surprise surgery, you know, that's going to come surprise. Out that's <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, and I got to the point where you, honestly, I think I've come a long way because I, Katie even said to me, she goes, Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. This is going to cost so much money. I'm like, Katie, Oh my gosh. I mm. haven't thought about that. Right. Right. Yeah. But I was telling you before we jumped on and hit record last night, Katie and I were laying in bed and we looked up and we see like a water stain or water spot on mm. our ceiling. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, I was trying not to think about the fear of finances with like right. the surgery. And then it's like, oh, wait, here's <laughs> a potential <laughs> roof leak or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I that finances are a fear for me for whatever reason um definitely keeps me you know awake at night and tries to rob my joy yeah i mean because if you're worried it's interesting the original greek word i want to i want to say it's schismos but don't hold me to that i don't think i even have that in our notes it means a division a dividing when you're worried you're of two minds okay and so what you have is a in this division is you have this one part of your mind, if you will, that's saying, okay, I know that God loves me. I know that him, I'm his beloved son or his beloved daughter whom he loves and delights in. I know that. But then the other side of your mind is consumed by, by the worry, by the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't live in those two kingdoms successfully. Mm -mm. And, I know that fear is a unifying factor. If, if you're listening to this right now, I know that you've been afraid somewhere. I Like business people worry about performance. Mm-hmm. You know, graduates, which is coming up, whether it's college or high school, you worry about employment. Um, retirees worry about pensions. My sister Jody is thinking about whether or not to retire from teaching, and, mm-hmm. and she's having to struggle with that. Like, think about those things. I mean, single people worry about getting married. Married people worried about getting divorced. I mean, it goes on and on. <laughs> Parents, by the way, always worry about their children. Yeah. You know, the rich worry if they have enough. Wow. And the poor worry if they will ever have enough. Mm. And so worry is this oldest mankind. I mean, it's... And Jesus recognized this 2,000 years ago. Yeah. He has a interesting thing, Devin, like... In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, in Matthew 6, that's the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And do you have that in front of you, Devin? Because I think it's worth remembering. Let's listen to what Jesus says about worry here real quick. 
or about fear. And I think fear and worry tie in together. I'm kind of using those interchangeably. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Ooh, I needed to hear that this morning. That final little bit there, verse 27. I have thought about that so often, Devin, but why did you need to hear that this morning? Because birds don't worry about where they're going to find food. (laughs) God provides that to them. He does, yeah. God will provide. And it may not be what you think it's going to be, but he's going to provide. If you have faith in that and if you trust that. And he said, aren't you more valuable than a bird? I would hope so. (laughs) I think so. I am a bird watcher from a long time ago, but I can tell you I love you more than birds. Okay? Yes. Just saying. Jesus will take care of birds. He's going to take care of you. And, you know, Devin, I'm I'm going to address you specifically here real quick. All right. Okay. There's a saying that says the best predictor of future events is how you've handled things basically in the past. Mm. And I've watched you, you know, (laughs) over the past year and a half or so since you've been married. And I haven't seen any failure on your part to take care of your family thus far. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I just know that even if you only had two cents to rub together, you would still be taking care of Katie. Mm -hmm. here's where Satan is so brilliant, by the way. You know, you spend all this time. I love where he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. It is so good because I think back to um, when we were doing everything with mom, you know, during her cancer battle. And was there worry? Of course. You know what? That worry never added another day to her life. And all it did was rob us of the joy that we had in spending time with her in the moment. That precious time. Yeah. And so Jesus is like, you know, time is the one thing you're not going to get back. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice in this divided mind. Mm. So which half of your mind are you going to spend time in? And don't get me wrong. We all know that when problems arise, there are things that need to be tackled, issues that need to be addressed. But when we talk about worry, we're talking about a totally different thing. Worry, an obsession about what might happen. That probably might never not exactly happen. yes yes, and so you know Jesus never commanded us not to have any financial problems. He knew we would, yep. and Jesus never commanded us. And this is where Katie gets gets a gets a buy. All right, she gets a pass. Jesus never commanded us not to get sick. Yep, <laughs> Katie, you're off the hook on this one, right? That's outside of the realm of choice. Katie didn't have a choice in that. Her appendix chose that for That's her. right. That's right. <laughs> and he had, he never, Jesus never once commanded nor guaranteed that we would have a trouble-free life. No, in fact, quite the opposite. He said, in this life, you will have troubles, mm-hmm. but take heart for I have overcome the world. Shout out Jody, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. But he did command us here not to worry. Isn't that odd? Because he knew it would be a thief of joy. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the question I want to ask our listeners is, you know, 
whether I'm not talking about your mortal enemies, people that are literally trying to uh, kill you, but what would it look like if you invited fear to come and watch you dine at the table? And you ate that steak in front of fear's face. And, you know, you're sitting there eating the steak and you're like, suck it, fear. Nom. Nom, 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 nom. It's <laughs> yeah. a little cookie monster there going on. You know, but saying in, in all actuality, fear, come on, you're welcome. Come watch me eat at this table because at the end of the day, I'm sitting at the table of the king and I have his favor. Oh, man, that gives you some power right there. It's some empowerment. I love it. And in First Timothy, I love this. Do you have that scripture right in front of you, Devin? I do. This is like your, this is kind of like your bumper sticker takeaway from this little section. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power end of love, end of a sound mind. Yeah. So no more split mind, right? I love that Mm. visual reference or, you know, something that I can, when I'm in that moment of fear or worry, I can, you know, just sit there and think, which, which side am I choosing? Right, right. And so here we have Timothy saying, that's, you know, that's not of God. Mm -hmm. Because what is of God is a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So Julie, you asked me what was my biggest fear. So I'm going to turn, turn the tables here. Tell me what your biggest fear is. That's a really tough question. Um, you know, I, as a mom and my fear is more about my kid, you know, about Taylor and, um, shout out Taylor fear. Yeah. (laughs) Fear of losing her, um, fear of losing her love. Mm. I think that's a huge fear for me. And I think for me, Devin, the fear goes back into the shame, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment. I think for me, fear and shame kind of live together. Mm. And yeah. um, Like, uh, I don't even really know. This is going to sound self. I'm not looking for pity um, in what I'm about to say. You and I have talked about a lot of different things. And I remember one time someone someone I loved, and I'm not going to say their name, someone I love and respect told me this over 25 years ago. And she meant it, and, and we were arguing about something, and, and she didn't mean it at the time, but it's always stuck with me. But I have this... The saying lives rent free in my head, and it's that Julie, you think people like you, but they really don't. Whoa, that's tough. Yeah. So even when things are going well, Devin, or I look around at at relationships that I have, and some of the best like friends that I could ask for, and I always have that voice inside my head, and I know where it yeah. comes from. It comes from Satan, right? Saying. You think people like you. You think that people love you. You think that people respect you. You think this, but they really don't. Mm -hmm. And that's always, it's always in the back of my mind. Isn't that crazy? Um, And it's not that I want to win the hearts of millions. It sounds ridiculous. (laughs) It's just that is, you know, are are people being genuine with me? Are people being real? And I guess maybe I have a fear of that, fear of inauthenticity. Trusting them. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that before with our personality types. Trust and loyalty are a really big thing for me and for you too. And Mm, um, everything. Yeah. Um, And I'll, and I'll tell you one other thing that I'm going to confess that, that I'm afraid of. I'm making this a lot longer than probably what you were expecting, but it's something that I've talked to you about 
talk to your mom about, we've talked about in Bible study. And I'll mention it here. The fear that what if my belief in God and this good news is leading people astray? Mm. Because, Devin, we've talked about, like, we don't take this podcast lightly. I don't take my conversations with God lightly. I don't take the direction that he's leading me down. I don't take that lightly. And that's a fear for me, too. Like, what if I'm doing you and others an injustice in what I'm doing? I can tell you something, Julie, right now to try to help alleviate that. It is quite the opposite because before you and I met, I didn't know Jesus. Mm. And I have been in the best two years of my life. Mm. You've changed my life. I appreciate that. Man, I, I'm i not fishing for compliments. You kn- like, I know. You know that. I know. Um, but I hope, I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal for each of us that our lives would be better because we know Jesus Yeah. because we've been in relationship with other people. I mean, and so maybe that is a great fear of mine, you know, like the last thing I want is to stand before God someday and him to say, you really messed up there, you know? Yeah. Not that Devin girl, you really (laughs) fumbled the bag. Who told you you could invite her to my table? Now, that's, yeah. that makes it sound... Now, that puts it in perspective, right? Yeah. That puts it in some perspective. But, you know, I guess... Uh, and here I am just mindlessly eating my steak. <laughs> just A1, please. Yeah. More wine? Thank you. Is there a potato that goes with this? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. So that's a great question. I would, you know, I would encourage our listeners to think about... The slimy and under the table ways that Satan tries to work in with regard to fear and recognize it for what it is and kind of pull a Lisa Roberts and shake your finger at it and say, Mm -hmm. not to, you know, not today, God, not today. Not today. Yeah. So, yeah, my other enemy that I mentioned was, you know, shame. And I want to talk to I want to talk to this issue real quick, Devin, because I think shame is one of the great. um, First of all, it's a great bit of arsenal for Satan, like for people to pull out that shame bullet again and say, you're not welcome at that table. You know, we, we both have known friends and family members who try to dictate who comes to the table. Yes. And they yes, use, we have. that's right. <laughs> we won't call any of them out by name, but we could tell you what their names rhyme with, but we're not <laughs> going to do that today. <laughs> but you know, shame is that thing that tell that, that says I am, bad i am ugly i am broken unworthy oh, broken God. yeah yeah you, you're a mistake mm. so shame if you can imagine stands in the field near the banquet and shouts again you're not really welcome there don't even look that way you don't belong there yeah you're too sinful to dine with jesus who is so holy um, and so rather than, this is why I love Henry Nouwen. I've talked to you about why I love mm-hmm. him, but this is why I love Henry Nouwen so much because he talks so much about our belovedness, that we are beloved children of God. So, But rather than dwell on that, what we do is we build up these walls, right? And we think they're going to protect us because we all have some degree of shame. And really, rather than protecting us from getting hurt any further, they just keep us from truly being seen by others from truly being known. And I think Jesus is saying, you know, put those walls down. 
I just want you to come to the table. I used to see this at church a lot, Devin, especially at Easter. Um, because a lot of people come to church on Easter Sunday. Sure. And they're usually people who don't go to church regularly. And I understand why. It's because I think a lot of times the church, universal, has been the enemy that has stood out, you know, stood out in the meadow watching and saying, <laughs> you know, you can't eat at that table. Yeah. You're not welcome. And I know that's a source of hurt for you, especially mm. from the old church that you attended. So ironic. It is. I th- it's an insult, I think, to what Jesus intended the kingdom to look like. Yeah. And shame on us. And I'm saying me and anyone else who has been judgmental in the church, who've ever tried to dictate. Who belongs. Yeah. Who am I? Mm. You know, to, to, I think we talked about this before, you know, that I'm not in charge of the guest list. So it begs the question, if you, okay, so if I'm inviting fear and shame to come and watch me dine at Jesus's table, how do I feast in the presence of those enemies and really enjoy it? Yeah, I can imagine, you know, me taking my seat and if I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing and not sure about, you know, where I belong and not sure about my seat at the table, I can kind of just imagine kind of like sheepishly, like sneaking into my seat, like kind of pulling up my chair real shy, you know, not wanting to grab the fork, knowing Mm. I'm surrounded by everything that scares me. Yeah. You kind of minimize yourself into your seat. Yeah. You kind of like shrink down to make yourself smaller, so to speak. Right. So tell me, talk to me about that. How, how do you feast in front of your enemies? Well, let me tell you, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. But here's what we do. We, I, I focus on the feast and who invited me and not on the enemies. Shoo. Come on. See, it's, it's really easy for me to look out and see fear and shame looking back, looking back at me, right? Yep. But then I, I start to think of, of all that Jesus has seen me through. Like the fact in Psalm 139, he's known me from the womb. He created me. I'm not a surprise to him. Mm-mm. And he's the guy that's invited. Like, I think about, we talked about why that, why the video series of um, The Chosen is so powerful. Like, I want to sit at a, I want to sit at a table. I'm getting really excited. I want to sit at a table with that Jesus. Like, if Jesus is that Jesus, I don't care up. what enemies are looking at me. Yeah, you're just proud to be there. I want, yeah, this, there's something about this guy. Like, I'm getting chills talking about this. Like, and I think that is an image, like, that we have failed to grasp. Like, we have failed to grasp that good news of just how good and awesome Jesus is. Because if I'm, okay, like, Devin, I knew Kobe Bryant was a hero of yours. (laughs) Yeah. And if Kobe invited you, to sit at his table, would you give wow. a rat's behind at who's out there watching nope. you sit with him? No. Nope. Because you're sitting with Kobe. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I don't care who's watching me. You guys can sit back and judge all you want, but I'm sitting with him. And enjoy. Enjoy me sitting there with Kobe. Enjoy talking with him, laughing with him, toasting with him, drinking. Like, yeah. that's the same feeling that we mm. need to have when we sit at the table with Jesus. I don't care who's watching me. 
because I'm with him. And I'm going to eat this up. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the conversation and we are going to laugh and he's going to impart wisdom to me and he's going to tell a story that makes me scratch my head and say, oh my God, oh God, you are God. Oh my goodness, Jesus, like <laughs> you, you're right. Oh, and, and you're just going to walk away wowed and awed and so inspired and you don't care. Imagine that transition from coming in uh, and like minimizing yourself to walking out chin high, chest out, like, I just ate with Jesus. That was my table. That's right. Because you know what, Devin's like, or like, this is what I'm imagining, Devin. Jesus is sitting there and he's like looking around and he goes, hey, everybody, my girl Devin is here. Yeah. And all of a sudden you kind of prop up a little bit. Devin, I've been watching you. Mm -hmm. Like, I know life's been tough. Maybe you've had some ups and downs, but talk to me about what's going on in your life. Wow. And you kind of pop up a little bit. You know, what's funny. Um, so this past Wednesday, I went to an event that I kind of volunteered for at work and it's called lead forward and it happened after work hour. So it was like five 30 to eight. And somehow I got invited to be at the same table as the president of the Christ hospital. Oh my gosh. CFO. Okay. All the big wigs, all the big time physicians. There's mm. about 18 of them at like a horseshoe table. Right. And they were going around the room and they were introducing themselves and, um, I was kind of like, not at that table, but a table to the side, right? Mm -hmm. Just because I was an observer and just there kind of to learn and soak it all in. Anyways, you know, got to my turn and, mm. you, you know, the person in front of you is like, saying who they are and, you know, what they do at the Christ mm -hmm. Hospital. And your heart just starts like beating like faster and faster because it's no, you know, that it's your turn to almost talk. Right? Yes. Yes. And then I get up, I stand up and I say who I am, what I do, why I'm there. And then I sit down. And I thought to myself, hold up. I belong here. Yeah. I can yes. do this. Yes, that's right. I can sit at this table. Right. It's just that reassurance of, no, sticking your chest out, having your chin up, and I'm here. I can do this. Yes. I feel like that's how it is when you sit at Jesus' table. Yes, absolutely. All the worry that kept you away from saying who you are and why you're there. All the fear that made that heartbeat faster and faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It all goes away. Yeah. Because you realize that I have a seat here. Yes. And I want to be here. That's right. You are a part of this. Jesus is saying like, Devin, I know you. I know what you bring literally to the table. But yeah. beyond that, I love you. Like, yeah. I'm not worried. You like you didn't have to do anything to earn a seat at this table. But because you're mine, you're here. And if you can bring something to the kingdom all the better, right? right? But I already purchased the seat for you and mm. you belong here. You are worthy. You mm. are mine. You are yes. loved. You are forgiven. I mean, we could yes. go down the line yeah. and you walk away excited, right? You walk, mm. you walk away ready to like spit in your enemy's faces. Like <laughs> yeah. take that fear, take that shame. Yeah, just proud. You walk away proud. Oh man. So the question is, why do we not feel that way? It's something that takes work to remind yourself of that every day. It does. Those enemies try to rob us of that joy. Like I'm describing a scene and I'm, I'm not like, I'm excited thinking about sitting at this table. And yet I have to recognize in myself, most days I don't live in that excited and proud. And yet what we just described, Evan, and what we see when we come and live fully at the table and engage in Jesus 
and, and tell stories with him and, and, and enjoy the feast, the enemies start to lose their hold. Mm-hmm. And it's for his glory and my joy. It's a win-win. It's a yes. win-win. And so, friends, here is our challenge. I want you to go out this week, and I want you to invite those enemies to come and watch you dine at that table. And when you do, when you feast on the goodness of the gospel right in front of them, man, I just want you to live in that joy this week. Hmm. Amen. Maybe so. So So good. So good. (laughs) Or as Devin would say, so damn good. Yeah, lens over, people. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Man, I just want people to learn how to do this. You know, I want I want people to and and Devin, we are still works in progress too. We talked about what I'm this. Saying, all the time. Like I still have to learn this. I still have to continue to wake up every day and and eat that steak in front of my yeah. enemies. Eat it in front of the enemies. I love it. Bon appetit. <laughs> bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> Suddenly sitting at the table of Jesus has turned us into Italians. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. What happened it. there? I don't know, but it's so good. So enjoy, um, enjoy time around the table this week, Devin, with friends and family and with Katie, especially yeah. as mm. she recovers. Until next week, just a reminder to check out our Jesus That's Good News Facebook page. Julie has been on fire this past week. Wait, my mistake. I know when you listened to this, it would have been about two weeks ago. So... Yeah, I've, you know what? I was sitting there thinking James, the book of James, later in the New Testament, James, who they believe to be James, the brother of Jesus, five chapters. So I kind of took a highlight from each chapter a day and and hit on some things. And man, I think we need to look at James somewhere down the line, Devin. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I'm down for that for sure. So check us out there um, if you want to kind of just scroll back through our older post and and just kind of visit those uh, that weekly journey julie took us through also feel free to reach out via dm or comments we love to connect with you guys yeah and i want to i want to give a shout out real quick to i think we got a couple new listeners i'm noticing but i want to give a shout out to uh jenny nathan jenny cooper nathan um who responded the other day and shout out to jenny i've known her for a while but um yeah thanks for listening yes jenny thank you thank you thank you if you guys like the podcast please subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, and may we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. None. Be well, friends. And some really good steak. Mm. Chef's kiss. Amen. Amen.